definitely read this. But yeah, the Gleason stuff, he's, uh, you know, he's got the pipe and the jacket with the patches and the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he the, does the, the kind of like hip. Yeah. yeah, but the hipster sort of thing. And so what can, years would it be, like early 60s? Or mid 60s. Mid, mid 60s, okay. And, but he got these people at that prime. I mean, he got Coltrane in 65, yeah. you know, and it just... It's amazing, uh, yeah, some of those shows, and a lot of them are lost because they would just tape over them. Yeah. Like this show, Soul, they taped over most of the episodes, yeah. but uh, the, the niece of the guy that hosted it... Uh, just, uh, you know, she retrieved as much of it as she yeah, could. But yeah. they had every major black performer, writer, poet, any cultural figure yeah. was on the show. Yeah. Like having real fucking conversations, not, that's, that's, yeah, not sound bites. Like they, they talked for like 20 minutes or half, like on, on network TV. You know, like it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just when Time Out, you know, came out. And he's talking about, you know, changing beat rhythms and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, really complicated. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what, I mean, that's what I appreciate these days about podcasts. I mean, that's kind of what I'm trying to do in a very casual yeah. way yeah. with shit like this is just turning, turning a tape recorder on and just having people talk, what, you know? What I miss just locally is something like Dick Buckley. Yeah, 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 just, yeah it's, it's all gone uh, on broadcast, yeah. like on, Rate. Maybe, maybe I bet some of the uh, college stations still do it, but yeah. they have such a, uh, a sh you know, such a weak frequency that they never make it's it. It's all online. That's yeah. that's where pod podcasts are great because you can listen yeah. anytime, anywhere. Right. You know, it's not bound to a time. particular time or. Right. There used to be a guy. Yeah. There used to be another jazz station, which was a commercial jazz station here, and they used to have. Uh, Daddy O'Daly was on, hmm. and um, uh, Buck, uh, not Buckley, uh, uh, yeah, there was a bunch of them. Uh, yeah, personally, on air people, yeah. Daddy O'Daly had Dad's Pad, you hmm. know, it's like Dad's Pad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were just great. They all had their own little two or three hours, and they do their whole... Mm -hmm. spiel and play their music. Danny O'Daly was completely devoted to Billy Holiday. Yeah. Everything was Billy Holiday. Well, then, I mean, I, you know, in a very <laughs> low-key way, I get to do that at the bar. Yeah, every, yeah. Every, time, every shift I work at the bar for six hours, I get to play whatever the fuck right. I want. Right, right. yeah. It kind of goes all over the place. Well, it's, it's like Bucket of Suds used to be. Yeah. You know, when he would broadcast on Saturday and play his music. Where's Bucket of Suds? Which well, it's on Cermak. Oh, okay. It was pretty far west, but oh, it west was like... Oh, okay. You know, it was like uh, 30... It was like Belmont and Cermak. That no, far no, away. Belmont and... Cicero, you mean? Cicero. Cicero. That's I was going to say yeah. Cermak itself. Yeah, Cicero. Cicero. Okay, Cicero. yeah. All right. And no, I know I've heard of that place before, but yeah. And he would make his own mustard and hot sauce. Nice. And he'd have the pretzels and you drank. And he had a record player behind the bar. Yeah. And he was doing a live broadcast Saturday night. Oh, really? Oh, okay. He had a great jazz collection. Just really good we stuff. We actually, we have a turntable, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, if it's, if there's any kind of business. Oh, uh, yeah. You it's, can, it's hard, it's hard to, to keep maintaining that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've done it a couple of times, but most of the time I just play my iPod. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, Go for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, 
Yeah, to, to back up, how, when did you first realize you had this art problem? <laughs> when, did the art, when did the art problem first manifest itself? How young were you um, when you were infected? <laughs> you know, practical parents, Depression-era parents, and so they're both working all the time. What were they doing? What were your parents doing? Uh, my mom started out uh, in some retail settings, but eventually she became the bookkeeper and uh, general manager for the Cleveland Playhouse, mm. a regional yeah. theater in Cleveland. How many and did it seat? Like how big a... They had three theaters. Oh, the big one oh, like sat topic, like yeah. 700. Oh, wow. So, it, okay. and you know, they had good alumni from there. Um, Joel Gray, mm. Margaret Hamilton, people wow. like that would come back every so often. And on my dad's side, his second cousin is Paul Newman. Mm. So he started out there oh, okay. and stuff. So, um, so my dad was a school teacher, straight mm. out. And then he, public schools, or, public yeah. Cleveland public schools in the city, in the city. Yeah. And, uh, he did that for 35 years. Wow. And then in the summer and even during the winter, he had other jobs that he constantly did. Awesome. So, uh, what kind? Like more like physical jobs or more? Or? Uh, he was a milkman. Oh, okay. When, back when they had milkmen. <laughs> right. And uh, uh, those kind of things, you know, where he was constantly, he, and he taught. Hebrew school on Saturday mm. and Sunday. So it's just constant. So he was an observant? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, which brand, like conservative, reform, or like? Reform. Reform, yeah. yeah. And so uh, my sister is the oldest and she was the athlete. And okay. so my brother was like a Doogie Hauser. So Are you the youngest? Or? I'm the oh, youngest. Oh. And so my brother um, skipped a lot of grades. Mm. He got two doctorates in physics. Boy genius, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, he got hired by a company called Gould Industries when he was in high school. And they had a contract with the Navy, and this was during Vietnam War. Yeah. And he developed a torpedo guidance system. Mm. You know, it's just that kind mm. of brain that just... Yeah. Uh, it's almost borderline some social illnesses that go along with that intense mind. Well, like on the spec, like I, I, I did, like on the spec, yeah, yeah. like, like he Asperger's has, or whatever. We all, well, my sister yeah. and I always thought that he was tinged with some Asperger's. He has very few good social skills. I, I remember, yeah, somebody was describing it like, a, like where, yeah, if you have a proclip, like a, if you're really good at one thing, it's like a balloon that gets yeah. squeezed on one end. Yeah. The other end will, you know, like, yeah. will, will, there's only so much capacity. He has blind yeah. spots because yeah, the other thing is so yeah. open. Uh, yeah, like, you know, like yeah. Einstein like couldn't yeah. tie his shoes, so yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. And so yeah. uh, it was a challenge to be behind both of them because my sister was a really good athlete. My brother was... What's the age spread? Three years between About each three of each. us. Okay. Yeah, so I... And so what were you, were you like, did you take a while to figure out? Like, yeah, and they were all opinionated, <laughs> all four of them, my parents and my brother and sister, incredibly opinionated, incredibly vocal, and 
I was telling somebody a story not too long ago. My dad would taught history, mm -hmm. so we'd have to travel in the summer. He'd take two weeks and we'd do the Civil War, or we'd do mm. this, and we'd visit every site. Wow. And, and so... Um, for the whole we, family? The whole yeah, family would in a like car. A, yeah. Like a learning trip, like a yeah. vacation. You, you couldn't was, stop. No. You couldn't stop fucking learning. You couldn't just have some fun. Huh? There was no summer <laughs> vacation. And I remember being in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, uh -huh. and we had just gone to Yellowstone Park, and we had breakfast, we had our suitcases, and we were getting ready to move on. And we got out to the, to the front of the restaurant, and I told my folks, you can go on without me. <laughs> you just had enough, enough And they said, what do you mean? I, and I remember distinctly saying, I've had enough of all of you. <laughs> so there like, was like nine. Right. Like, <laughs> wow. And do they have they all have opinions of what you should be doing with your oh, life? Oh yeah, they all had this, that. Do they fight about it or or do they all have the same opinion of what you should be doing? <laughs> the degrees of conflict, degrees of overlap. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, my dad was a very reasonable man mm -hmm. unless it came to something personal. And then when it became personal then he had that detachment to be a great guidance yeah. counselor, which mm -hmm. he was. Yeah. But when it became my family, then of course, yeah, yeah. it's different. And so uh, I started drawing, and because I, I could stay in my room and not be bothered. And eventually, mm -hmm. even in high school, I had a hot plate in there. I had the coffee maker. Really? It's, it's like wow. I'm ready to go, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it was a way to get as a reprieve from your family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, I'd play my Beefheart album and hang out. My and I had jobs. I had to work all the time. And, yeah. Uh, worked in movie theaters. So what years are we talking? Uh, I started delivering newspapers when I was like eight. I had three routes. Eight, and, and what year? About 63. So, okay. So, uh, I deliver papers. The, by right. high school, I was working in two movie theaters. Worth it. I worked in a movie theater too, yeah. Some, so, some you know, I, I could yeah. read a book, I could do my homework. And yeah, yeah. I'm doing a drawing of one of the movie theaters. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, cool. It, it, my new thing now is to be further away. So, I'm doing the interior mm. lobby of the movie theater. And the manager was an ex-dancer. Mm. So I'd be working the door, and we'd have the candy machine people there and the ushers, and he'd be in the middle doing his dance steps and stuff. Was it like a revival repertory yeah. type kind of theater? Yeah, yeah. the one yeah. I worked at was too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like old times. So yeah. everything, you know, and yeah. which was great. On a big it's a great screen. education. It's awesome. For me, it was, it was the first place I ever had an art show. I yeah. put up drawings in the lobby. That oh, was, wow. That was like my first more. Well, there you, you had more gumption than I did. I, yeah, I, I always yeah. had, weirdly, like, I have no fucking business sense, but I always had a drive. Like, I knew that this was it's, what it's I'm supposed opportunity to. opportunity here. Yeah, 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 and there was, like, some bare walls, and they let yeah. me just put up some figure drawings I'd done because my, my father had enrolled me in, like, after figure drawing class yeah. when I was 16. 
Yeah. And, uh, and then, yeah, like maybe a year, year and a half later, I put some of those up. I mounted them on foam core. <laughs> and they were, you know, like the way yeah. they used the cheapo way to, to right. frame posters, foam core and then shrink yeah. wrap. I did that with a bunch of oh, charcoal drawings. That's great. And they, I mean, they instantly bowed out, you know, like, but then, yeah, I Velcroed them to the wall. When yeah, you know. My first year at college, they, they had a, in the fine arts building, Mm -hmm. uh, exhibition space, mm -hmm. but it was not for freshmen. Yeah, no, no freshmen at sure. all. I thought, that's, come on, that's cheesy, yeah. you know. So I used the elevator. Mm -hmm. I took all my drawings, you put them, put them the all up in the elevator, oh, nice. and I took those little snack cereal boxes that mm -hmm. come in a sixteen pack. Oh, I yeah. opened them, pinned them on the wall for oh, wow. refreshments, you know. Nice. And I rode the elevator for two days and sold my artwork. Wow. <laughs> like, Were people smoking in the elevator back then still? No, no, no. No smoking no, in the no elevator? Smoke, yeah. like oh, in the, oh, like, you know, film noirs, you see people yeah, smoking yeah. in the elevator. Like, there's no place they didn't smoke. Oh, but, but I had to do the... <laughs> I... The synagogue that I went to was right next to the art museum downtown uh -huh. in Cleveland. And I had heard as a kid, through other kids, that they had Saturday drawing classes. Mm. Yeah. And I wanted to go, and it, Saturday was Hebrew school. You can't oh, go. Yeah. So finally, I think I was in third grade, and I said, I promise you I will have a bar mitzvah. Just let me take the drawing Look classes. Look at you. What was that book? Uh, my name is Asher Leff. If you ever <laughs> yeah. read that book yeah, about like, yeah. the big religion and he wants to be an artist, yeah. it's, it's super overblown. But like, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> and so my parents finally relented. Yeah, yeah, Something yeah, like yeah. that. Like, like no, it's... Um, or no. Uh, uh, what's his name? The other guy. Uh, it was one of the big ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Like it's, like uh, like Jewish issue kind yeah. of big issue novels. Not Melman, yeah. but not Melman. Yeah, but yeah, like one of those. Yeah, yeah. I forget. So uh, I I took went there, <laughs> and this was when Sherman Lee was in charge of the Cleveland Museum, and Sherman Lee had a great vision. It just was well ahead of its time. Oh yeah, he was buying a lot of Eastern art, investing heavily in Eastern art. Eastern, I mean Asian art or. Asia, yeah, yeah. Oh. and uh, so he felt that we needed it, and yeah. so I would go to these drawing classes, and you got like a little stool with the. This is still the sixties we're talking. Yeah, about? yeah, and you got like a, a hard board and paper and crayons. Yeah, and you had to draw something in the museum, and they would go to a different section supposedly yeah. each time. And I went six times, and I came home with four drawings of Buddhas, and that clinched it. You're not going back. Because you're, you're, they, you're they sacrificing know. Hebrew school oh. to draw Buddhas. Oh, I see. <laughs> There's something wrong in that place, and oh, you're not so going. Then they wouldn't let you go anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That was the end of the drawing career at the Art Institute, or hmm. Art Museum. So, it, you know, my folks are like, they allowed it. To a certain degree, they gave me a certain amount of rope. Yeah. And then when I was in high school, the draft was still going on. Mm. And I was concerned because I really had no motivation to go to college. But if mm. I didn't go, I'd be drafted. Right. So my dad was willing to pay for college if I went to a state school. Mm. In state school. Yeah. And... Um, 
I, he said, if you want to go into art, I'm yeah. willing to let you go, but you have to go in art education. I want you to get a profession when you get done. Get practical, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're going to be an art teacher when you leave. Sure, yeah. And I, we drove to Ohio State and Ohio University, and I just had absolutely no interest at all. And I remember after school with my art teacher at high, at the high school. You're talking, I'll put, put some more music on. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember sitting down with him and talking, going, I don't know what to do. And I had a friend who was older than me who was trying to avoid the draft, and we made a pact on how to do it. And he had read that if you went under a certain amount of weight, you weren't draftable. Wow. And so I had lost in the last, in those two years, I was down to under 100 pounds. Oh, Jesus. And so I knew I was under the weight limit. But, you know, I was still thinking about going to Canada or something like that with him and just get away. And he said, rather than just apply to these state schools, take a flyer. Apply to a couple of good schools. Yeah. Uh, you got monk up, huh? Yeah. You see the knob to turn it up? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so I applied to RISD and Carnegie Mellon just as mm -hmm. a fluke. Yeah. And I did portfolio presentations of both of them. Yeah. My dad was just like, you're never going here. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll apply, you yeah. know, I'll go along with the pipe dream. Yeah. But make sure you apply to the state school. Well, I got full boat from Carnegie Mellon. Oh, you Mellon. did? Oh, yeah. So that. So, <laughs> and I think it surprised them. Yeah. Like, they're letting you go to this school and they're paying for it? Yeah. It just and, wasn't in their reality that you could go into something bizarre like that. Like, and it wasn't drawing. art education. It was just yeah. drawing and painting. Yeah. And so then it twisted. Then yes. it turned to, okay, you have this opportunity. What are you going to do when it's over? Yeah. <laughs> Instantly it went into that mode. Yeah. And uh, so they were always kind of supportive, but always questioning. Yeah. And... Uh, so when I did graduate, I had worked a lot, and I had learned picture framing, mm -hmm. but I was broke. While, and, while at school? You, yeah. You, you learned it, where you, you'd worked at a frame shop or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And were so you in Pittsburgh? Or? Pittsburgh and in Cleveland in the summers. Uh-huh. I had yeah. learned the necessities of what to do. Mm -hmm. So when I graduated, I was broke. A friend of mine lived in Indianapolis, and I went with him there. And I lived in their laundry room, his parents' laundry room. In Indianapolis? Room. Yeah. And worked at a frame shop for two years. Hmm. And uh, they were the Midwest representative of Leroy Neiman mm. and all that kind of silk screened artwork. 
my friend Tracy, who you met uh, with the yeah. tattoos, who's moving yeah. to Cleveland, she worked at the School of the Art Institute, and one of her jobs was to take Leroy Neiman around when he was still alive, Ooh, because wow. he was a big benefactor. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. She, and Tracy basically helped run the early college program, so she was like his escort. Like, I guess Leroy liked her. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leroy liked anyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it was bizarre. It was bizarre. The one cool thing was I was always into boxing and they had a nice boxing program there mm -hmm. for youth and golden gloves. And one of the customers of the frame shop Man, was, what, what weight did you buy? You're talking about being 100 pounds. Well, I didn't oh, you, fight. Didn't I just oh, you liked just went, to go. I was going to say. Like to go. And Featherweight. I, and so um, the, one of the customers of the frame shop was the doctor at all the fights. Mm. And he would get me tickets. I'd sit with him ringside most of the time. Huh. And he was Edward Steichen's nephew. Wow. And so he was a hand surgeon. Uh, and uh, just a great guy. And so those are the sort of things that you sort of fall into that you develop these really rich, yeah. and you learn about something that you never would have opened a book to look at. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're getting the personal story of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then when I came here, I started a frame shop on my own. Why did you, why Chicago? You? Friends had moved here, yeah. and so from college, oh, okay. and, it, and it was our destination from, from, all along. From Carnegie Mellon, yeah. Oh, okay. And I just didn't have the money to move here at first. Yeah. So. And uh, you started the frame shop that like right away. Yeah, yeah. I started with two thousand bucks. And the first place was in Lincoln Park. Was that the first location? It was no? at Clark and Wellington. Right, Clark and Wellington. Yeah. Was it always called MCM or? Mansfield Picture Framing. Man, who, what was Mansfield? I bought a shop. Oh, you bought it? Oh, I see. He was, uh, uh, we, we started working for him and he wanted to sell. And Drew Hardy, who did the chainsaw painting, oh, yeah. I had gone to school with her. Mm. And she said, let's buy it from mm. him. And he said, I'll sell it to you for 4,000 bucks. But uh, you have to maintain my name. Yeah. And I have to be. Was he I, old or was he or just Maybe not like five just years pretty, older than us. Oh, really? He just wanted really, to get out of the business? He. Huh. he he was Mr. Gay Chicago at oh, one time. Oh, wow. And uh, was, Yeah, up there, it's right near Boys Town. Yeah, so he was out in that sort of gay world of social, at that thing, which was exploding in the late 70s. So this is what it was late, late 70s. Late 70s was when yeah. you got it, yeah. And so he became. Uh, I didn't use his name yet, have I? Who's <laughs> so the guy that I bought the shop from? So anyhow, Mansfield. You yeah, said? Okay. yeah. So he had a lot of friendships. Let's say mm -hmm. he was kind of an escort of sorts. Yes, yeah. and um, he was in the Time magazine. He's a professional friend. <laughs> yes, and he uh, friend for hire. Yeah, <laughs> he left the shop eventually, uh -huh. and. Um, he was in that Time magazine of the first hundred to get AIDS and die. Wow. Yeah. So he had been sick and sicker yeah. and couldn't figure it out. Right. And the shop 
had been a lot of his clientele that we became friends with. Yeah. But I was telling somebody just the other day that I'm going through it again, is that I would frame a lot of stuff for people's bedrooms and yeah. houses, knowing that they were dying. Yeah. And this is what I want on the wall before I die. Because right. they were dying at home. Hospitals yeah. weren't taking them. There was nothing they could do for them. Mm -hmm. And I would meet them. They're, they're perfectly fine. And two years later, I'm preparing to die now. Can you? Yeah, I remember. Me? I mean, I, yeah, I didn't have exposure to that until more like mid to late 80s. But yeah, going to people's houses, they were barely, they were like zombies. They were barely moving. They were stick figures with and from, sores. And from, yeah, from the movie theater, one of our projectionists, yeah. uh, Ken uh, eventually died of AIDS, but yeah, they yeah they would just become like not yeah they would move slow they they'd just be yeah uh, lose all their weight yeah. and just yeah like gone like like, like lepers incredible. or something yeah like it was they didn't look anything like it was, what an, they, uh, it was a really disturbing thing especially since they didn't seem to know what the hell was going on no yeah. one knew you yeah. know and I thought and they didn't know what the cause was or how it was transmitted or yeah. any of that yeah, yeah there's so much there was so much crazy panic about it like oh, yeah. where like you could like basically That's make they eye were. contact with a gay guy and then you so get so they AIDS. were yeah. at home because yeah. the hospital wouldn't take yeah. them yeah they wouldn't and touch them yeah. their family wouldn't deal with them yes. and then and then when they died the family swooped in but yeah you know uh, I was going to like six funerals a year fucking eight. Yeah. And, and they were all younger than me or close yeah. to my age, you right. know, and it just it was real. And I think of all the creative people that were involved in that, you know, because a lot of them were designers. Or, sure, yeah. And uh, so now at 65, mm -hmm. she just died two yeah. days ago, Dawn Clemens. Mm. You know, it just, I'm going through that part now sure, where, yeah. you know, uh, now it's this time. Again, yeah, you know, and uh, sure, yeah, it's, but you know, oh, to to back up to uh, sort of off topic, but like, so you've you you uh, back in arts was it back in art school that you developed uh, uh, personas? For, oh yeah, when yeah. the personas started immediately. You, immediately. What was the idea before that? Yeah, so you, you had like a. Yeah, pseudonym or like I was already kind of on the outside even in high school. I was sort of like not registering even in the art part of it mm -hmm. because they wanted to do watercolors or whatever, and I was into just drawing what I wanted to draw. Mm -hmm. And um, so I got to art school, and Carnegie Mellon is a very wealthy to do school. It's yeah, a, sure. It's not anything that I had any relationship with. Mm. And they were in the infancy of trying to diversify. Mm -hmm. And so they were on a program of getting people from cultures or nationalities that weren't primarily their student base. Yeah. And they put us all into one dorm. Mm. And we were all the kids on scholarship. Oh, I see. And we were a mixed bag of mm. everyone. And my reaction to that was, I, I would go to the art class, and they were all very 
manipulative, I felt immediately. Like, you seem like you can do what you're doing, but we need to help you. And it was more in a helping to help out. What do you mean? Like, what I was doing and how I was doing what it. What were you doing at that I, point? I was just. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing really complicated fracturing of abstract and, you know, and just working with my art that way. Mm. So I had a vision already that mm. I had in mind. And it's not unlike that one that you've seen, the, um, the whole of what I know, mm. where the drawing goes all over yeah. and it's fractured. I was doing that yeah. at 16, you know. Yeah. And um, so I was a little taken aback so like within two weeks I told everyone there it's like I've changed my name this is my name now I'm Vito De Salva. I told and that's like, where Vito management was born. yeah <laughs> I told the management mm -hmm. I want everything written to Vito De Salvo I don't want anything and you know did you, have a, did you make up a backstory did, they, did he have a no no just, there was just, nothing it was just a name a clear blank slate this yeah. is who I am you know take it and so the students didn't really adjust to it until all of a sudden, oh, I thought your name, oh, okay, so that's who you are. Yeah. And so that's who I was for four years. Mm. And they quickly forgot I was somebody else. Yeah. And, uh, and I did shows that were story involved with Vito. Vito would do this, or Vito would do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the junior year, I uh, bought the school, stuff like that, you know, it's mm. like, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, cornered the market on stuff and I was always putting up flyers mm -hmm. for fictitious companies that Vito had started and, you know, <laughs> with those tear things. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was impressed with that. So there's always some sort of entrepreneurial. Mm you know, con to it all, that had an art, yeah. sly basis to it, hmm. you know, and so, uh, you know, and I made a film, and uh, I just had a fun time with what that character. Film, I was a petophile. <laughs> <laughs> like you so, like pets? Yeah, so, it, you know, there's pictures of me walking by a shoe store and stopping at the Hush Puppies. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you still have that? Or? Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere. I don't know where it is. You should digitize it. You should put it, you know, the early so, works of Vito DeSalvo. When, when so you do the retrospective. He roaming around, you know, like eyeballing animals and stuff. So you had, and, you had a friend film it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's fun. cool. And the first year I was the, that's where the Vito assassin one comes from because I was the assassin. I was shooting a gun out of the fine arts building, nailing people and stuff like that. Is that like a, must have been a reaction to news stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like Plus this, I like was string just, of like weird I, I had the like, gun hanging in the gallery. What was, that guy's, what was the guy's name in the Texas Observer? Uh, Charles Whitman. Yeah, Charles Whitman, right. <laughs> Austin, yeah. yeah. So I was, I was totally taken with all that stuff. Yeah. But I was taken with the now that's very popular, all the forensic stuff. Mm. So I had all the forensic stuff oh, yeah. done, you know, the stupid identikit and all yeah. this. And then it was pick your jury. I had all photos of people with descriptions, all fake. And mm -hmm. then 
you know, all the judges. I had a blast. You know, yeah. if you're not going to, and I would have these older teachers at the end of my first year when I did that assassin mm -hmm. one. Yeah. They, they turned around me. They came around. They went, uh -huh. you're really having fun and it's uh -huh. great. Yeah. You know, rather than, yeah. you know, and they got it. So yeah. what was like? What was like the celebrated art of, in that school? Like, what was really championed? What kind of was there a style or a, yeah, was it minimalism or like what was it yeah. at that point? It was a lot like of pop, color field. Color field, right? I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, yeah they put all the stuff in paintings, and I appreciate it, but it yeah, just it just wasn't your thing. Yeah, and you'd yeah. see a studio, yeah. and six of them are doing the same thing. You're like right. going, and I. I had a studio with the guy that did the photography of me. He, mm. uh, he's a good artist. He lives in Asheville, mm. and he's really involved in Fringe now, mm. Fringe Festival. Mm. He's yeah. in charge of it down there. And theater then, or film? Or theater. Theater, yeah. But he makes all, yeah. he, he made a dog that was a puppet that he mm. talks with. Oh, wow. And stuff. I mean, he was really yeah. great at making stuff. And the other person was a guy named David Beck and, uh, and Jim's sister. So it was four of us in one gallery, in one studio. Yeah. And David went to, he was older, like a couple years, and he had a really strong style already then. Yeah. And he had a show in New York after he graduated, right afterwards. And uh, uh, Stone. What's his first name? Alan Stone picked him up. Mm. And That's a big deal gallery, right? And Alan, Alan Stone, Stone yeah. gave him, said, I'll pay for your living expenses. You just make the art. Wow. And that went on for 40 years until Alan Stone died. And so he lived in New York for a long Wouldn't time. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> and then he lived in San You'd think so. You well, think sort so, of, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah. David was from Muncie, Indiana, mm -hmm. and uh, Muncie, one of those small towns, Marion, Marion, mm -hmm. Indiana, and his dad was an industrial arts teacher, and he was very single focused. He had sort of like the I know business, I can do business mm. thing, yeah. but he didn't really. Right. And so when Alan Stone died... He was kind of like he, he didn't have anything? He had nothing oh. in writing. Absolutely nothing. So the family the took family. all the artwork. Oh, assumed yeah. all the artwork. So they fucked him over. He had yeah. nothing. He had no money coming in. Well, yeah, nothing. because he had like used to have like handshake deals or yeah, yeah. Well, like like you and I, for for instance, for the show we had, there was nothing in writing yeah, ever. Yeah. But it was just implied. You have to trust people. Yeah. If you don't trust people, then it doesn't work. But he uh, yeah. went on yeah. for so long with yeah. it, and right, it, it maybe had a life of its own. Yeah, and so. At 60 years old, he's out without anything. Yeah. And he doesn't even have his work. And like two years after Alan Stone died, they had a show of his work at Alan Stone. Fuckers. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, and so it's just, they made a film about him called A Curious World hmm. of David Beck. And here's a piece in the lobby of the Smithsonian. Oh, really? The wing. Huh. And God loves, he's a very good, 
clever, detailed artist. Mm -hmm. It just, uh, he had to relive his life again. Yeah. And then he dies. Cancer. Well, I mean, yeah, this it's this a, happened to like yeah. Leonard, it happened to Leonard Cohen for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah. He had a manager yeah, who fucked him over. Right. All he wanted to do was be a Buddhist in yeah, his fucking monastery. Yes. He had to go back out and tour, do, you know? and do stuff. That Which he, I'm very thankful for because I finally yeah. got to see him before but, he died. But, yeah, but it's uh, it's that yeah. thing where Let's, he had to start all over again yeah. from scratch one, and all of a sudden he has all these financial obligations that he's sure that he didn't know about. And yeah. all of a sudden now I have to meet and figure out what to do and. I'm sure that complicated his cancer to mm. where oh, yeah. he died in three months after. Oh, really? It's like he just died. Oh, okay. Like yeah. in September. So just really heartbreaking. But yeah. so the, the, there was the four of us there. So yeah. we were all quirky and uh, that was fine. You know, yeah. that worked. You know, and uh, it was good to be around other people who did something on their own rather yeah. than in the mainstream of our world. So when when you ended up in Chicago, how soon was it till you made new like you made art friends here? Like is that when you met like Mark Pascal and people like that? Yeah, or, I made yeah. art for you know Bill Cass. Bill Cass, right? Yeah, all those uh, people. Yeah, yeah, we were all friends. We all. They how did all you meet them? Was it because of the frame shop or a little of the frame shop? Plus, I had had four or five other friends who had moved here earlier than me. Okay. And they had sort of made their way into yes. the art world. And, and it was in this neighborhood? It was in, in Bucktown more or less? Or not? More towards still, Lincoln Park. Lincoln That's Park. where people really yeah. hung out, like at Lincoln and Fullerton yeah. and uh, Halstead, that yeah. intersection area yeah. there. And uh, Tim Anderson, who's going right. to show here, I met him back then. Okay. So, and we would go to all the art parties and all that. Yeah. And I was framing for a lot of the artists. Right. And so then I got to know more artists because yeah. I was framing for galleries and yeah. framing for them, yeah. framing for collectors. It got a little annoying in some areas because I would have pieces in different shows. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, yeah, that's my framer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, thanks. sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the yeah. That's the problem. my framer got a piece in the show. I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The problem, like in the art world, if you're doing anything subsidiary or something else, is you get pegged as that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I was in the vicinity show a couple of times, and so through the vicinity show, I got a nice contract with McDonald's. I did a lot of drawings for their oh, corporate really? collection. Hmm. And. Then I got hooked up with a gallery on Ontario, uh, Joan Dobrik. She was in that one tall building that all the galleries were in, like a little three, across from where the contemporary used to be. Yes, right, of course. It was like a little three by three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never went in, I, I know about that building. And so but it's, uh, uh, I had two, one per, I had two two-man shows there. Mm. And I did and this well. This is what, 80s or early yeah, or? Yeah, mid 80s. Yeah. And I didn't like. And this was still as Vito DeSalvo? It was yeah. always Vito DeSalvo? And yeah. so um, she wanted more demanding type of things from me. I need a horizontal drawing. 
you oh, know, in fit over, or to fit over this couch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, sure. Yeah. And I realized by the second show that I don't work that way. Yeah. I, I don't. It, it, you don't respond well to that. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is maybe where I differ with some other artists who feel the absoluteness of working every day, mm -hmm. doing what you're doing all the time, trudge yeah. ahead. Yeah. And I feel like I'm working, but I may not be actually drawing. Sure. I'm thinking it through. I'm writing down things. I get inspired by words yeah. and phrases, and I work off of that. And it's an evolving process. So somebody to tell me I need three pieces by yeah. Thursday, you know, yeah. is it the way I work? And yeah. So I backed out of it, you mm -hmm. know, and then I hooked up with Judith Rock Gallery oh boy. in Michigan. You have experience. In Chicago, when she was in Chicago, yeah. Oh, see, Ju I Ju missed the Chicago years. Yeah, Judith Wretched. That's what I'd call her. I missed her, her back, but oh. I missed her entire Chicago experience. Right next to the music box. I had, okay. two, I had two shows in there. Yeah. It's basically it soured me on galleries for almost twenty years. Wow. Well they I mean she it was like a hobby kind of thing and she had people running it. I got a guy that ran it to basically uh, admit that they were selling it by the yard. Because I wow. got into a fight with him about pricing where I wanted a smaller piece, similarly priced yeah. to a bigger piece. Yeah. And he wouldn't do it. And, wow. and got into this. And then years and years later, when I started my own website and I wanted to archive stuff, she'd sold a guy, a collector had come and bought like a couple of my sketchbooks from wow. a show. And I just wanted to know who it was. I wanted to maybe get some scans. Yeah. She didn't have any fucking records. Like shit like that. Like yeah. just amateur hour. She made a postcard with the image reproduced backwards. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. Just, just fucking, I don't know. I yeah. guess the Michigan thing was her main thing, and it was mostly, she was really involved with, like, you know, antiques and kind of, like, rugs and shit. It was uh, the that was the real, house, so. the real bread and yeah. butter. I'd never, I never even saw the Michigan one. Uh, uh, that's where I, this yeah. is way yeah. before she did that. She was just starting out out there. Yeah. And I had three... One man shows. So you did did good with her. I did well. With yeah. Her. You know, and I was doing more objects with art in them, drawings mm. in them, things that you know, cabinets and yeah, I make all this stuff. Like, kind of like H. C. Westerman type. Yeah, of, kind type of, of and thing, I had yeah. fun, and it was I had games with my drawings, mm. and I can see why, like, yeah, you and Mark would get along over bond yeah, over yeah. stuff. Like, he's really into that kind of. Yeah, and it, it just. Yeah. So she was okay. Again, no paperwork on anything. Yeah, but, the worst. And uh, when I, I sort of started to sour on it at some point, and that's pretty much when I started to think about moving to Maine. Mm. And um, what are we up to? Are we still in the eighties or uh, not, mid nineties? Mid nineties. My daughter was born in ninety two. Okay. And I had a show there in ninety four or five. And you, you just kind of burnt out on Chicago. And like I burnt out on Michigan too. You know, okay. going yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. And, and at that point, she was your main dealer. She was your dealer. Yeah. Basically. And yeah. at that point, my daughter was more important than. Yeah. I just was like. I only have the gallery had taken the French shop had taken off. 
Yeah. It was becoming far more demanding. Yeah. I had uh, moved it to here by then. Okay, it was here. And so I was yeah. just, yeah. I was just back to six days a week there. And then with yeah. the daughter, it just yeah. was like, and then the whole experience up there was just like, don't, you know, it's like I'm bringing goods. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was a wholesaler oh, bringing goods. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it just was like, you know, my art means more to me yeah. than that. And uh, so I just pulled back. And uh, she eventually, I think, had some pieces. I thought she had a place over on Lake for a while. Could have. And uh, then she had a place on Southport. The Southport one was, so yeah, I got involved with her in the, uh, I don't know, 97, 98 maybe? Yeah, that's so when that I was, was back right in about when I left. Yeah, yeah that's when so. she opened, and I had, I had two, I was in two group shows, two or three person shows in that yeah. gallery. Yeah. And then it was over. And I, I mean, it. they did way better than they should have, like despite yeah. any, or lack of effort on their part, like yeah. I mean, they I felt like they just didn't do shit, and it really soured me on the gallery yeah. scene. Like it, I had, I didn't enjoy that process or yeah. dealing with those people. So that's that's when I just moved on to just showing in bars and coffee shops. Yeah, because yeah. Like, fuck all of you. I'm not. Well, I'm not going to do the song. And, and I dance, think you know? I felt the same way because yeah. I wanted the freedom to just show when I wanted what I wanted. Yeah. And I was tired of being the tail wagging the dog yeah and uh i wanted to make my time my time sure and uh so so you moved to maine what how, what what was in maine? was it the kenneth nolan job in maine already or no. not yet um what was the main thing daughter was six uh-huh we were in rogers park uh-huh. uh she had gone to a private little school on the lakefront mm -hmm. that was small little yeah. nothing school but now first grade what are we doing yeah and we looked at all the schools didn't like any of them yeah it didn't feel like driving her around all the time mm. didn't want to move to the suburbs yeah my wife's family's from maine oh, her okay. wife's family. parents are up there they're elderly we're going up there to take care of them eventually anyhow mm -hmm. so why don't we just move up there and yeah. I had got to the point with the shop, I had done it 20 years. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want to do something else in my yeah. life. Yeah. So I sort of killed the gallery thing, and now it was like, maybe I should just kill this frame shop yeah. involvement. Yeah. So I sold it to my partner. I was very amicable. We were yeah. good friends. Yeah. And didn't have a job, didn't have yeah. anything, moved up there. I worked in a furniture making. Mm. Small furniture shop. Uh, it was nine of us making tables, chairs, huh. the whole thing. Uh, loved it. Yeah. Did it for a year and a half, two years. Uh, the politics of the business was a little frightening, but mm. and so I had an opportunity to uh, teach at my daughter's middle school. Hmm. And I said, well, I'd rather leave the frame shop at this point, mm -hmm. and I'll do that. Yeah. So I went there, I taught fifth grade. Hmm. I thought it'd be for like a month or two. Yeah. And I don't have a teaching certificate. Yeah. They just said, you seem smart, nice. Yeah. We like the way you interact with your kid. The teacher's sick, can you do this? Yeah. 
What were you, were you teaching art or were you teaching? teaching everything? Oh, everything. I had to go to the books that night before. Go. What am I? Teaching? You were just teaching fifth grade. Fifth like, grade. Like full on fifth English, grade. science, <laughs> math, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. learning how to break sentences. How many down? kids were in your class? Thirty. Jesus Christ. And so. <laughs> and uh, so. What town was it? Where Where in Maine was it? Right on the coast. Right where we lived, in the neighborhood yeah. that we lived. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so um, my daughter was in the school. Mm. And so the um, problem was he was supposed to come back in October. He was supposed to come back in December. Mm -hmm. He dies in February. Oh, wow. Can you stay the whole year? Mm. I'm wow. like, well, I'm getting offers from the museum to work there. Because yeah. I'd been like a stringer. Yeah. As a preparator with yeah. them. And they said, just stay to the end of the year. Well, the museum held the job for me mm. to when I quit teaching. Yeah. So then I was the preparator at the Farnsworth. Right. Which museums are odd. Mark was a great friend to have to talk yeah. to about this stuff. Yeah. It's a reverse. Was it, he was already in the museum yeah, by then, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I had him for lithography, like, yes. before he shifted over to the museum. No, I he was at the museum in Prince okay. already. Yeah, okay. And so, the museum's top-heavy. When they had, like, five curators, they had a director, they had two registers. So, so what are we up to, like, 2,000 or We're 2,000... Early? Three. Okay, yeah. 2002, 2003. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, Mark's full on into the museum by then. So yeah. they had one preparator, yeah. two maintenance people, two cleaning crew. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then. I've never been to that museum. And then the rest is all like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, they had a designer, this, 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 a business sure, yeah. person. Yeah. But uh, they had four buildings. Oh. And so it was a lot. I had to do everything. Yeah. I had to build the pedestals, I had mm. to build the platforms, I had to paint the walls, had to pack the paintings, I had to, yeah. if anything needed framing, I had to yeah. do the framing. It was full on, and, uh, but I met a ton of really nice people. Mm -hmm. And uh, got to engage myself with a lot of artists. You know, Alex Katz had a show there. Some people that I didn't know off the top of my head, like Yvonne Jacquette, mm -hmm. and people like that, really wonderful artists. Yeah. And uh, so that was a great experience. And, and then on the side, because I was doing that, Jamie and Andy wanted me to do their work for them. So I was doing their framing. Jamie and it. Jamie Wyatt oh, and Andy Wyatt. I was doing oh, that, that was Jamie and Andy. Yeah, okay. I was doing their framing on the side. I forgot they were up there. And That's so I was, became good friends with them and mm. they're doing their work for them. And because um, there's a Wyatt wing to the Farnsworth. Oh, okay. And I had taught fifth grade. One of the other teachers was Andy's niece. And she left the same time I did to take over the Wyatt Center. So she was recommending me to... My them. brother, who was here taking photographs of my opening, him and his wife bought a house in summer home in Maine, and they, they bought me a, a really nice Wyeth watercolor book of, yeah. from, 
from yeah. the Farnsworth. Yeah. The Farnsworth. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it, it was a great experience to be around all of them and mm -hmm. to know what they were like and to do business with them. Yeah. Uh, on a side note, the real smart thinking art person in the business world of that was Betsy, Andy's wife. Oh yeah. A total yeah. genius. Mm. And uh, I have all the respect in the world for her. And uh, uh, she'd wear these black clothes, black hat, with the yeah. cigarette with the long. Oh yeah, with the cigarette holder, nice. And she was great. She'd, <laughs> she'd sit in a chair, I'd have to get her a chair, she'd sit in a chair in the middle of the gallery and watch me install. And then just tell me stories about each piece as I was doing. That's great. It's just, and she could drop somebody to their knees with a line. Mm. You know, it's like just amazing woman. I, again, all the respect. Where Andy's was like, you know. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and then Ken had a show there. He had a retrospective. Oh, and, and that's how you met him. I had to install it. Yeah. And um, the gallery that he was in was four huge rooms that used to be a uh, department store. And the museum had did a nice job of rebuilding, but they did it on the cheap. Mm -hmm. So all the floors tilted mm -hmm. the wrong way. Oh. So they, there was like an eight inch difference from one corner mm. to the other of a slope. Of hey, it's like the Guggenheim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of like the Guggenheim. So frankly, right, in, fuck you to every other artist, you know? Like. So installing all these giant multi-shaped works and Ken is rolling around on an office chair. Mm. Just having a blast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Push me up to the top again. How old was he? Like, was he old by then? This is, we're talking the 2000s. Yeah, mid he was uh, 70. Oh, okay. Yeah. Four, five, something in that range. And how, how long were you with him? Uh, five years. Okay. So, no, he was, he was 79. Oh, okay. Yeah. And um, so, uh, he he was great. Yeah. And he wanted to talk to me, and I hired an assistant. It was the two of us installing. Mm. And he just he would talk about his family, talk about artists, talk about everything. We and again, I am the son of a history guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everyone I worked for, everywhere I worked, yeah, I did my research. Yeah. So I read everything that had to do with everyone. And so when he would mention somebody, I'd go, yeah. and you knew them from this was and this yeah. one, you, yeah, that kind of thing. Right. And he loved that. Mm. And um, so the show went up. He, he hung things purposely upside down. Huh. He said, uh, let's turn it around. Let's see what it looks like this way. Mm -hmm. And I think it looks better that way. Yeah. Well, you know, the panic of the register coming in with the catalog mm. already printed. It's upside down. Turn it around. I just go. <laughs> I, I had the, 
the bad luck or whatever of pointing out uh, John Corbett that a show at the Smart was reproduced upside uh, a painting was upside down in his catalog. Oh like yeah. A big fancy yeah, 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 catalog. Yeah. I looked at it in the show. I looked at it. It's like yeah. it's upside down, and he wouldn't believe me. But then he looked. He went back there. It's like I know that's up. It's mostly an abstract painting, but I can tell it's upside yeah. down. <laughs> it was a the Monster Roster show. Oh yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> oh man, that sucks when you have to break it to somebody. It's like you already. This, there's no changing this. Well, you you got to live with we it. We never broke it to him. She just came through, oh, you yeah. know, and she went. It's upside down. It's upside down. I went. He did it on purpose. He wanted it. Yeah, yeah he was. Also, yeah, I mean, if you're doing that, yeah, if you're doing a geometric kind of yeah. painting, he, well, I'm I sure want, he would do, flip it like as he was working on it, like and, many times. And you just want yeah. to see what it looks like upside yeah, down. Sure, yeah. And he goes, I like it. It's, it looks fresher to me. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And, you know, he was just, he wanted to go to lunch with us rather mm -hmm. than them. It yeah. was this whole thing. Sure. And um, got done with that show. And I think it was maybe like three months later, he called me up and said, can you come out here? I want to talk to you. Mm. I went out there and he goes, can you work for me? I want to do painting. You know, the guy that I had left. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, I have a family, you know, yeah. I have obligations. Yeah. And he goes, well, tell me what you need. Yeah. And, and he, met, he matched and I, what, you, what you were getting paid. Yeah, whatever you want. That's cool. So were you with him until he passed away or yeah, or close? Very close. Yeah. He had stopped painting by the time yeah. I left. He had had the so diagnosis just, of terminal cancer. He just didn't really need you anymore? For, it was like, nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. I told him it's time for your family. It's yeah, not time right, for yeah. me. You know, you know, as much as you like talking about stuff with me, it's more time for your family. And, yeah. So had you arranged the job in Chicago with, with Tony by then, or yeah, like, I had gotten on the phone and realized that I was you, you needed a change needed to find something to do. My daughter wanted to leave Maine. Oh, okay. And she was already accepted at Bryn Mawr, but she wanted to take a year off. Oh, okay. And she didn't want to take it in Maine. Oh, is that and that's when you showed up here? That's when I came. No, here. I remember driving her yeah, in the cab yeah. to her job at the yeah. Gap, I think. Right, uh, right, yeah. So I had already started working, talking to Mark and talking to people. What can I do here? Yeah. What's available? And Tony called and we talked. Because Mike Pahone was leaving. Yeah. And he needed somebody else to, exactly. to run a studio. Yeah. And Mike was okay. He was a little bit squirrely, but I think it was because <laughs> he was leaving. Yeah. Know? And um, he and Tony, I think, had a little thing going on that I didn't want to know about. And yeah. So, so there were a little, and you know, the people that were here. I think we're a little resentful that they didn't get that job. That this new guy came, so there was tension with the people that worked yeah, in the, in the yeah. studio. Yeah, yeah, so it's a little of that. They were testing me all the time. Sure, yeah. You know, Tamara and all those people. Mm -hmm. were, yeah. I'm going to come in and read the paper all day and see what you say, you know, mm. kind of things. Okay. Right. He, he did want you to cut these out. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Like, oh, it was your job to tell the, the assistants? Yeah, this what is what to, they oh, need. And, uh, it's like, That's a shitty position to be yeah, put in. Yeah, you know, it's kind of an uncomfortable thing. But um, it depends. It takes all kinds of personality to run. You I know, ran like a, a frame shop for yeah, 20 years. But yeah, like a successful 
uh, mm. artists like Tony, there's a lot of moving parts. I mean, and he would always, he was always favorites, unfavorites, I'm happy, I'm unhappy. He was sure. always a personal yeah. crisis world every day. Well, that's why, uh, I mean, I drove him around in the cab, but he used to periodically ask me to come work in the studio, and I never agreed because yeah. I think we would have killed each other. Uh, and I came from... I couldn't have. I couldn't have done it. I knew him because I used to frame his stuff. Right. Yeah. So I had somewhat had of a, rapport a with him, familiar yeah. rapport with him. Familiar rapport with him, and we knew similar people, all that. So that made it easy on that level. The actual work that was involved, I had to adjust it to what I felt was needed and mm -hmm. what he felt sure. was needed. Sure. Yeah. And. Uh, well, yeah, and then we have different styles and all that stuff. So then gradually, yeah, he moved studios and this, his studio got turned into this gallery. Right. Uh, and you know, we sort of, yeah. and you have this too, and I think any artist does. You have periods where it's like a Venn diagram. You overlap for a while. Yeah. And then you have this rest of your life yeah. that's out here that doesn't have anything to do with it. It's, it's always, it's a, it's a constant wonder to me that any creative people ever get along at all. For extended like, periods at, at of all. time. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, and like, Tony and I had a pretty good run. Uh, uh, yeah, and, it's a run. And, and then we went our separate yeah. ways. Yeah. Uh, and the same, it seems like, with you and him. Yeah. And I, know, I have and no, that's... no ill will towards Tony at all. No. Like, whatever conflicts we've had, I've, I, I wish him well always, you know? And it's like, like yeah. that uh, David Beck, I got along really well with him. He could be really prickly. Yeah. And I had my four-year period, and we left, and we... Yeah. I'm friends, I'll call you anytime, but we're yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah, some, I mean, ev most relationships of any kind have, a, you know, they have a time... They have expiration, a expiration date. date. Yeah. And, yeah. Ideally, like you look back on it fondly and you don't yeah, bear yeah. any grudges, you know? And you don't want it to go on forever because you no. want to grow in another direction. Yeah, because you're going to be boxed in, especially yeah. if it's, you're going to be boxed into somebody else's creative vision, hmm. which isn't yours. It's theirs. Or just, yeah. or just have that outside association permanently melded together. Yeah. And that you don't want either. I, I had a, you, you'll, you'll, you'll find this funny. I've had still, like up to last year maybe, I have people calling me on my phone asking, saying, Tony? Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere along the way, my phone number got lodged. Into conne his. Connected his. Yeah. And they call. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking yeah. that, like, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm his secretary or something. something. Yeah, know? yeah. It doesn't happen so often anymore, but it also makes me laugh. I get occasional calls <laughs> of people wanting to buy pieces of Tony. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, this isn't the gallery, you know? Yeah. Sorry. You yeah. Know, just, and it's just good for everyone to keep that mix moving on all the time, you know? Definitely, yeah. Especially if you've got your own voice, you have your own things to say. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's not many people that can keep working in service to somebody else's vision for forever, you know? So the gallery situation is, I have a space that's close to where I work at night, but I can also draw here during the day. Mm -hmm. And then each month, I'm involved with a different artist. Yeah, I mean, it's a really unique... I, I, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's, I gotta say, it's, it's the best 
exhibition experience I've probably ever had. The one with yeah. you here. Yeah. Uh, just uh, the combination of freedom and just, yeah, like working with somebody that understands what you're doing and letting him do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it, over time I get to know what their quirks are, what their, what their emphasis is on. Yeah. Some people it's on sales, some people it's on making it an experience. It, yeah. It's always, their concerns are different. Yeah. And they may change over the course of it. But it's, and I also get to see where their vision comes from. Yeah. Like that Jacob Close guy, the guy with the toy gun. I didn't really know him very well. He was really quirky to me. Yeah. He always wore one of those stick on, my name is Jacob. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every day he put a different one on and it was just, I thought, this guy's got something. I want to see what he's, so let's have a show. Yeah. And, you know, eight months later, here he is with his work. That's and I'm cool. asking him about his work. Yeah. We're talking about, we're installing it. And his wife worked for Make-A-Wish. She was mm. an executive with Make-A-Wish. Yeah. And she was very nice. He was very reserved. Yeah. But quirky. Yeah. And, um, I'm going through all his work and I go, this one, it's got the toy and the stuffed animal with this other thing going on. What's going on here? He goes, oh, it's about my daughter. And I go, I've not heard yeah. anything. Oh, she died two years ago. She oh, was Jesus. six. And it's like, all of a sudden, now it's the toy guns, all mm -hmm. of that. So it's all, all uh, makes yeah. sense to me now, mm -hmm. you know, and the weird phrasing and, mm. but it's that kind of stuff that all of a sudden you go, yeah, now, and he had always been the quirky guy in the group show. Yeah. And now it's like he was able to expose it all. Yeah. So what do you, what do you feel like, like you, I know, you said that the the guy that owns this the building is oh. talking about selling it. Do you have any sense of where he it's going? He was talking about this in March and April, mm -hmm. and he did some random repairs to the building, which yeah, I know he showed up a few times when I had my show. Yeah. Like he was this old, like weird old guy yeah. that passed through, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Ella hates him. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's barking and, up a storm. And <laughs> you know, we kept thinking, is he? fixing up to sell it, but uh -huh. then they're going to tear it down. What's yeah. the story here? And I think he probably, in his mind, had it focused that he was going to sell it, and now we haven't heard peep from him. We don't huh. see peep. He owns other buildings, right? He owns yeah, buildings. yeah, yeah. So I think huh. we're off his radar for You're now. You're okay for now? <laughs> so, I, and I'm booked through 2019. Wow. And I'm going to start booking 2020 with the proviso if the building is still standing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit, I hope you put me on the list. I'd, lo I'd love to show here again yeah. someday, yeah, you know? Great. Yeah. If the building still stays. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to have a show here if it's not a gallery. It's a parking anymore. lot. I, that, 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 would be a de that would be kind of a deal breaker for me. Deal breaker. Cool. Well, yeah. But yeah, it's... <laughs> and, you know, the, the fun part, too, is, you know, you had Elliot, the 12-year-old. Yeah. You know, Cal at 75. Yeah, you have the whole it's, range. It's just... You know, and their motivations are all different and all 
but they all want to express and show their work, and I'm all for it. So, um, Kathy Weaver's husband, Nelson Armour, the photographer, mm -hmm. he's going to show here, and he came up with a great concept for his yeah. piece, and it's him in different clothes in the same pose. Oh yeah. So it's like one of those passage of time things, mm. and he's been doing it for years. So oh, he takes a self-portrait, like yeah. yeah, in the same pose, same place, different clothes, different hat. Nice. So it's just yeah, it's like that movie. What was it? Seven Up or yeah, you know, like yeah, when they yeah. do every whatever X amount of years, yeah. they do an update with the same people and watch them age. Yeah. Kit Voice, who I went to school with, he's one of the reasons why I moved to Chicago. Which he's the last woodcut the there. Yeah, yeah. He um, he. When his wife Sue was pregnant, he did a stop-action photograph mm -hmm. of her pregnancy. Mm. Same background. Wow! Just watching the tummy grow. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> it was perfect. But yeah, it, it, that's the thing: is the unveiling of their personalities and see the correlation between who they are and their artwork. No, I, yeah, you made a really cool, unique thing here. Uh, yeah, and yeah, I'm often at, at odds with art, with the art world in general, and galleries in particular. You know, I have a lot it's, of pro a lot of problems. It's you with know the way they run, with the way the whole deal, like none yeah. of it makes any sense to me. You um, got the high end stuff, and then you have the pop ups. Yeah, you know, and yeah. somewhere in between, there has yeah. to be a negotiable, yeah. common sense meeting yeah yeah I've, I've never had the the fortune to deal with any of the high-end places but I've, I've definitely had my share fly-by-night well yeah, fly yeah. By nighters and yeah flash in the pans and people that are but even you know up, you see these scandals periodically with the high-end places where oh yeah you find out they're just fucking out-and-out out crooks either that or it's just a hobby for a rich person's spouse yeah. You know, something to occupy their time. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of those. One of Ken's former dealers yeah. in New York. So it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, no, up to like, so all the way like, to the top. Yeah, uh, it was like this. He had leveraged investors and money based on the fact that he had the Stuart Davis mm. estate. Yeah. Which he didn't. Yeah. And then right. started to have somebody pay fake Stuart Davis as the sure. fool people. He went to jail, you know, it's just... Yeah. It's it, it just, there's a lot of that out there. And it's, and yeah, it's gone through the stratosphere and it's just a plate with the auctions and stuff. It's a place for billionaires to hide their fucking money. Yeah. And that's all it is. Or launder money or Well, whatever. it's a way for them not, not to be taxed on yeah, it. You know, yeah, they hide yeah. it in these objects, which what they're actually worth, who, who knows, you know? And for the gallery dealer, it's a way for them to, you know, yeah. do whatever they have to. to yeah, it's totally money. fucked, so it's such a refreshing experience to have dealing well, with somebody who actually likes <laughs> drawings and paintings, you know? Like, it as just, simple it, as that. It just having them up. Yeah. And, 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 and you other, get to hang out here with your dog even if nobody comes in. Yeah. It's night, you can look around and it, yeah. Different There's, decor every it, time. And yeah. I wanted a place that, that's why I don't like labels yeah. on the pieces. It's yeah. just, I don't, come on, uh, hello, uh, come on in, she, icon, okay, 
Oh, is this the mover? The mover. Right, well, let's cut it off, all right? Okay, cool, cool man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.